this is Arisha Daly, and I will be your host today on the Dear Future Soulmate podcast. I'm super excited to be here today, and I also want to say thank you. Thank you to all my fans, my listeners who have been chiming in. We are now at triple digits. Let's keep the momentum going for all who have not subscribed or are following me. Please follow me as we um, proceed on unpacking, unearthing, and recovering um, so we can meet our future soulmate. I am super excited today because the simple fact all is well with my soul. Um, um, For the past week, I've been um, in a valley experience, and the person that I was actually supposed to have on my podcast today, I had to uh, reschedule because of the simple fact my mom was in the hospital. Um, She suffered a stroke last week, and that made me um, have to be present with my mom. Um, the person that I would be I wanted to interview today was uh, is a phenomenal soul brother. He is also a client of mine. He is a photographer. He is an accountability partner. He is my brother's keeper. He is everything. He he he's always there for everyone. Um, so stay tuned next week when um, I will be interviewing interviewing him and he is going to drop so many gems I can't wait and I'm excited but um um getting back to the subject at hand I wanted uh, I didn't know if I was going to do a podcast today but I said you know what let me do it because this is one of my valley experiences that I will I'm going through so why not share Um, my experience while in the valley and this segment um, today's episode is being processed while in the valley so um, I thank everyone who has been praying for me who has been praying for my mom that she had um, that she will get well Um, God surely answered our prayers your prayers Um, she is well and she will be back with us shortly um I, um, as you all know, that the premise of this podcast is to um, unearth and unpack, to recover, and to recover um, from past trauma, um, past uh, conflicts, and so we can be the higher versions of ourselves. Um, As you know... um, the soul is a celestial uh, being, and it's always evolving. So when the soul um, departs from the body, the body decays, but the soul is eternal. And one of the things, one of my premise, one of my, my biggest thing is to always be able to evolve. When we evolve, we grow. When we grow, we nurture. When we nurture, we give back. And um, that's what basically God intended. He wants to fill the earth with healthy and happy people. But how can we be healthy and happy if we're not growing, if we're not evolving, if we're not challenging ourselves, if we're not reaching our highest potential? Um, So it has been about three weeks into my Dear Future Soulmate podcast. And like I said, I firsthand witnessed on a personal level um, my mom. 
my mom's soul um, transcending from her body. Now, I uh, worked at many, uh, many healthcare facilities, and the healthcare facilities that I've worked at, they were top of the line. Um, the um, One of the healthcare facilities that I worked for, a hospital in the Bronx, it trained me very well in, in reference to end-of-life um, care. And um, I, I, on so many levels, um, I've seen um, within the two or three years working there, I've seen people, seen people transcend and um, it affected me, but it never affected me to the point personally. And it took, it put another perspective on it. And when I saw my mom transcend, starting to transcend last week, it really um, did something. It, it caught me as a, like a whirlwind. So I wanted to speak about that. And this is another one of my valley situations. Um, um, so let's go back. So in 2019, I landed this really great job. Um, that was actually one of my dream jobs, um, working for this um, well-known prestigious hospital and also college um, in New York City. Um, this is one of the top of the line, top of the line, top of the line in healthcare institutions. And at that time, I was so happy that I got the job. I thought I was over the world, over the moon. So all my studies and all my um, licensings that I had to get to acquire this job, it was finally paying off. But while in the midst of working this job, I started questioning myself. Um, I'm not being fulfilled. This is this job is not fulfilling me. Um, I don't know why, and I questioned it. I questioned God on why, and He gave me the answer. And He said, "I never told you to go there. I never told you to work there." And um, I had to really double back and retract. And I'm like, "Wow, what am I going to do next?" So, um, stepping out on faith, I um, resigned from my job. And I opened my own business in 2020. I um, I registered my business. I became an LLC, and that was the most invigorating experience I ever had. Um, independence, freedom, um, to do what I love to do um, wholeheartedly and holistically. Um, but it would be bittersweet because. Um, that meant me, um, digging in deep, uh, um, really paying much attention to my business, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, also financially, I had to, um, downsize. I had to leave the comforts of my own home, my apartment that I love so much that I share with my daughter. And I had to go back, go back home. And that was bittersweet because the simple fact I had to go back to a place where all my trauma and all my hurt was. And um, I had to deal with it. Um, so going back, it, 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 um, it, um, it ignited something in me. It, gave, um, it made me anxious. And um, I started to um, understand the reason why I stayed away for so long. So um, in the interim of me talking about this, one word popped up, and the word that popped up is a Sankofa. 
and Sankofa is a Ghanaian word um, from um, from Ghana, and it actually means um, to go fetch, um, to go back and get what was lost. Um, and um, one of the things that I realized in my life. Um, in reference to dealing with trauma, pain, and everything else, I just like to sweep it under the rug and um, get. I think talk about getting back to it. But in the interim of, in the grand scheme of things, when you are so consumed with so many things, you kind of forget about it until it exhibits itself in another way, shape, form, or fashion. And um, that's what I was. I was seeing so. I was seeing that my life was just spiraling over again and over and over again with the um, with the same cycles, and I'm like, oh no, something has to actually give because I can't keep going through these cycles like how I was going through before and stuff like that. Um, so when um, I decided to come back, go back, um, I realized that going back meant a lot of stuff. Um, Going back meant that I would have to meet opposition, and um, um, there would be opposers, and um, some family members believe that once a child is grown, that um, they should stay gone, and that they should not come back. So that was one of the oppositions, and then another opposition is neighbors, um, because I totally think differently, um, and being the fact that my mom is an elderly person owning a house, they took advantage, totally took it, took advantage of her house and the situations. So I had to put things in the right perspective, which they didn't like. And um, I had to also deal with um, abandonment issues. I had to deal with my mommy issues. I had to deal with my little girl issues that I had put on the shelf. So going back to me um, was a lot. I had to open up um, doors and um, unpack things like I, what I didn't want to do. I just really wanted to focus on my business and um, take care of my mom. But it would that meant. Um, unpacking everything to get to the root of the problem. So one of the things that um, I realized um, when going back, um, it took me back to a story of um, Nehemiah. And Nehemiah um, is a, a layman um, in the book, in the Old Testament. And he was actually captured by the Babylonians in back in his time and he um his job was to serve the persian um king at the time and the persian king was um so elated and so um floored at the service the type of service that uh nehemiah provided even though nehemiah was held captive in his um in his own country it was just the fact that the king couldn't believe um, his character, how he performed his tasks to the best of his ability. So one of um, Nehemiah's tasks was to be um, a server to the king. And being a server to the king, that meant um, trying foods before the king ate it. Because, you know, there were always plots and plans of killing the king and stuff. So even though um, 
Nehemiah knew that probably his time was limited. He he always did it with grace and stuff. So when um, one day Nehemiah, um, the king of Persia, realized that Nehemiah's confidence was not to at par, and he was asking Nehemiah, "What is the problem?" And Nehemiah said, "You know, my um, my Jerusalem is in a mess. It's in an uproar, and." Um, there, the city doesn't look like how it used to look. There's things all thrown over. It looked decayed. Walls are falling. The gates are falling, and it needs to be rebuilt. And the king asked, what can I do to help you? And Nehemiah said, well, I need some time off. I need um, men, and I need money in order to get it done. And he granted Nehemiah time off. He also gave them gave him the manpower and money in order to uh, rebuild the wall. So um, let's go back. So the correlation that um, me and Nehemiah has is the fact that we had to go back. We had to go back to places that we didn't want to revisit, but it was um, it, it was necessary that we had to go back. And our valley situations will have us at a place where we are um, we are conflicted, um, we are convicted to um, do some work and some change. Valley situations is not a good, um, nine times out of 10 is not necessarily a nice place to be, but um, God will make it all right for us um, in situations. Just look at Psalms 23. Psalms 23 speaks about the valley situations. Psalms 23 speaks about um, being in that place. But when you're with God, he can make everything possible. And I want to take time to go through the process with you when we're talking, when we're getting into valley situations. Um, um, Psalms 20 talks about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's dissect that. So when we're in valley situations, the author of this author of this um great poem is actually David when he was actually running from his life from Saul. And it, it, it states, the Lord is my shepherd. So the Lord is guiding him. He's guiding him to a place of green pastures. He's restoring his soul. His soul is being restored by letting him rest. You understand? He, um, he leads him by the still waters. The waters either for drinking or just calming. The waters trickling down. You hear the waters trickling down. It's a calming effect. And he even prepares, God prepares a table for David in front of his enemies. So even when he is in the midst of his enemies, God is still anointing him and appointing him. And his cup is overflowing. So he's getting double portions of blessings in front of his enemies. So his enemies are seeing him being elevated and they can't touch him. 
So um, in the in the time of when your opposers come and um, they're coming at you and they're coming at you for your life, they're coming at you to take away your gifts, your blessings that God actually bestows on you. Don't get distracted because that's what I gleaned from it from Nehemiah. Nehemiah didn't get distracted. He was on his grind. He did what he had to do to make sure he was able to rebuild those walls and stuff. So he was blessed in the process of building the walls. So how, so just think about it. When you're in valley situations and you feel like you're in this, this valley situation by yourself, you're not actually by yourself. If you tap into your source, you will see that God will elevate you. He will anoint you and he would appoint you even in front of your enemies. So um, when I literally had to go back to my mom's house, I had to start working through the pain and the hurt. But when I went back, I realized how, why my mom was the way she was. My mom had four kids. She did the best that she could. She probably never had any outlets in reference to self-care, um, mental awareness, um, mental health or anything. She was just on her grind. And um, me coming back in, as um, an adult, me coming back as a mom, I realized um, the pressures of that. And um, my mom was hurt. My mom was at a place of hurt. She had never recovered because of um, her past hurt, um, generational past hurt, and abandonment issues from my father. So that was a lot to deal with. Um, so when I realized how hurt she was, I had to uh, relieve myself and relieve her from the animosity that I was feeling and the pain and the hurt and just love on her. I had to now write a new narrative and my new narrative was to love on my mom like I've never loved on her before. Whatever, I, before she leaves this earth, I wanted to love on her, not on how, the way how she came, but I wanted to love on her on how she would be leaving. So the, um, however she came into this world, whatever hurt that she was experiencing, I wanted to engross her with all this love that she would forget about all that pain that she felt when she, when she first came into this world. So when she transcends from this world, she will be so much engrossed in love that it will overtake her and stuff. So that's my new narrative. Um, so once I let go of that pain, um, it opens me up to receive another blessing. And I'm, I'm just um, amazed at what God is doing um, because of simple fact. Um, your opposers um, will come in the form of um, family members. Your opposers will come in the form of close friends. Your opposers will come in the form of things that you love to do and stuff like that. In, um, in Ephesians, it talks about... Uh, uh, spiritual, um, that we are um, not wrestling with um, flesh and blood, but we're actually wrestling with um, spiritual things in high places. So Satan will use family members. It will use um, it will use close people that's close to you. It will use um, dear friends um, to come and try to attack you. But just like Nehemiah, stay your position, stay your ground, and stuff. Do not get distracted. And um, 
I wanted to also um, let tap into some of the things that uh, Nehemiah had to repair. He had to repair 12 gates. And these gates, not only were they physical, but they were also spiritual gates. And as we go through our valley situations, we are going to know, we're going to realize that there's no way around going through our valley situations. Our valley situations are here to guide us. It's here to strengthen us. It's here to reshape us. It is here, uh, valley situations is where we give birth to things. May it be good, bad, or ugly, but it is um, the valley situations is something that we have to go through. We can't go around it. We can't fly above it, and we can't dig around, dig down underneath it. We got to go through it. And like I said, Nehemiah um, was on his grind building the walls. He was rebuilding the walls, and the walls not only were they physical, but they were also spiritual. And when I got wind of that, it just blew my everlasting mind how um, something so physical can be also so spiritual. Um, and I just wanted, I'm going to take, uh, there's actually 10, 12 walls, but I'm going to use only 10 because I think that the 10 are really a super important in reference to the other two. So um, the first wall was the sheep wall. And the sheep, when you think about sheep, what do you think about? You think about um, a flock of animals that needs to be tended to, that needed to be guided. And um, you also, we also think of sheep as being a sacrificial. So the sheep wall basically is Jesus as the Lamb of God that brings the additional um, representation of self-sacrifice. So um, the sheep wall is about self-sacrifice and this is um, part of our valley experiences. So when we're truly committed to um, walking the walk and talking the talk and going through our valley situations, we will have to self-sacrifice. It's about a a sacrifice. Um, Then we um, also will look at the fish gate. And the fish gate is a symbol, is symbolic, and it um, brings men and women together, bringing them into the body of Christ. When Jesus chose his 12 disciples, he said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus was going to use his disciples to grow the kingdom of God. This is no time like, this is no time like the present to get our valley situations right. In a, and it, to be in alignment with God's will. And once again, we got to trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the fact that God will guide you through this, those valley situations, just like he guided through guided David through the valley. And while Saul was coming after him with, with, with everything that he got to kill David, David still trusted the fact that he rest assured that God had him. And God will, will keep you. Then the third gate is the old gate, and that referenced the original original gate. It referenced the original gate that was still standing, it, and that reference goes to say about God's word. God's word would never come back void. God, when God said, gives the command, when God speaks His word, His word is what it is. Um, and when we look at His word, the um. The, it's like uh, the Bible, which is a whole collection of pieces from 
of God speaking to speaking through people and it's jotted down in the Bible. And the Bible is basically the biblical instructions before leaving this earth. So God has given us a reference and that's what um, um, Dear Future Soulmate podcast is all about. It's a reference. One of the premises that I love, um, I love to do is journaling. When we journal, we um, we give uh, we jot down the good, the bad, and the ugly. We um, we start to uh, dissect what is ailing us. We write it down, how we feel, what is happening at the moment, and stuff. And this is a reference. It's actually a manuscript to um, your soulmate. This manuscript will be given to your soulmate, just like how I said before, that um, when we purchase a car, we have to go to the manual and how to take care of the car, to maintain the car. And um, basically, the Bible is the manual on how we are supposed to live our lives. And for us to reach our higher selves, we have to jot down in a journal, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and um, document the effects, the triggers, the things that we like, the things that we don't like, and give it to our soulmate so they can reference or just keep it for ourselves when we are lost and we can't find a way that we can reference back to the things to see our triggers, what triggered us. Oh, this is what triggered me. I'm Okay, now I see how I have to go about situations. But basically, it um, this manual is um, for us to reach a higher version of ourselves. We don't want to be stayed stagnated. We want to evolve. We want to grow. We want to be healthy. We want to um, welcome in people into the kingdom. You know, our, our also our our testimony will be our ministry, and our ministry is to help people who are suffering like we are. And it's not for us to be biased and to be judgmental. It's for us to help people into the fold. So that's part of um, the fish gate, the disciplement and stuff. So um, now we are um, we got off of the old gate, which is God's word. Now we're in the valley gate, the valley gate. And I know um, the valley gate is tedious, it's stressful, but I kind of like the valley gate because it helps you... Um, unpack certain things in your life. Um, the valley gate, um, are your life situations in the valley and the valley gate is where you bear your fruit. The valley is never a nice experience and there is no way around it. If you have to go, you have to go through it. And the more you keep sweeping your valley situations under the rug, it will keep manifesting itself in cycles. And, um, the part of that, you don't want to keep going in the same cycle, keep going. You're wondering why I keep going through the same situation all day and day out or month by month and not understanding you're going through a cycle because you haven't dealt with your valley situations. And once again, I tell you to trust the process, trust God, because just like David, Psalms 23, when he was in his valley situation, God, get not, not only did he give him rest, he, um, he provided food. He anointed and he appointed him and um, he was elevated. So just um, just because you're in a valley situation, that doesn't mean that God ain't with you. Now, the, the other gate is the dung gate. So right now we are, we are, we, we covered one, two, three, four, five. So we're up to the fifth gate, which is the dung gate. 
And the dung gate, everybody know what dung means. It means feces, it means garbage, it means mess. Um, and this is your life in the valley. It is. This is a time where you have to put things in the right perspective to go through go through what you need, what serves purpose, and what doesn't serve you anymore. Um, so the Dungate is a place where you're, you're in the valley, your valley situations, and your valley situations is just a mess. And God can't work in, not to say he can't work in a mess, but God is a God of order. He wants to um, make everything, he wants to make you a priority. He wants to make sure that you're well, mind, body, and soul. And you can't be well when you have things all over the place, when everything is in a disarray. He wants everything to be flowing properly. And um, to for make sure things are flowing properly, we have to put things in the right perspective. So that leads us to the fountain gate. And the fountain gate, after your valley experience, where the rubbish in our lives is cleared and you've gone through it, um, is the true testament of our faith. And that comes the fount, um, the fountain gate, and that fountain gate is where the water flows constantly and quickly. This is where the Holy Spirit cleanses our lives and empower us to move forward. Jesus, who um, Jesus, who when when we believe, and He says, "Whoever believes in Me, I am your stream of living water. You will thirst no more." So, wow, what a profound statement to make. So, if you um, have that faith, that faith like a mustard seed. After you've been through your those gates, so you've been through the sheep gate, you've been through the fish gate, you've been through the dung gate, you've been through the valley gate, you've been through the um the old gate, you've been now you're in the fountain gate. So you you're doing the work. Wow. Imagine how much work you've done thus far. So now you're at the fountain gate where he says you have not to, you don't have to thirst no more because you trust in me. You, your faith is in me and I will give you all the water that you need. Your cup will be overflowing. And then here is the water gate. So now look at um, the close correlation between the fountain gate and the water gate. The water gate is the effects of the fountain gate. The fountain gate is God's word. And we can only be cleansed by his word. The Holy Spirit who makes the word um, possible in our lives um, will give us that personal relationship and allowing us to be cleansed. It allows us to be encouraged and it gives us direction so he, we're not alone. So when we're going, we're toiling, we're toiling into the valley situation, God will still be, be there. We're walking. God will still be there encouraging us. Go on. You got this. That's what he's saying. He's our cheerleader. You got this. Oh my goodness. I can't believe how much work you've done. You know, you're being cleansed. Let me give you another word and put it in your ear so you can dissect it so it can be in your soul. That's what God is. God is a cheerleader. Then we get to another gate which is the horse gate. So this is the part, guys. Um, um, let's go back to Psalms 23, where we are um, we're being fed. God has prepared a table for us, but we are under spiritual attack. But guess what? Under this spiritual attack, God is sustaining us. So here comes the horse gate. And when we think of horses, we think of powerful animals on a mission or a task. And these horses 
um, back in the days of biblical times were used for warfare. So horses and horse gate is basically the representation of spiritual warfare. And the horse um, gate represents spiritual warfare in our valley experience. The horse um, speaks of speed. And if you look at the correlation of the times that we're in now, an advancement in medical, technological, industrial, scientific advancement, um, 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 ethnic unrest, these are all spiritual warfare. These are all spiritual things that that's coming to attack us. So we have to be on our game. We have to be on our, on, on our A game and have the spirit of discernment. And one of the things that God will give us while we're in a valley situation is the spirit of discernment. He will give us that spirit all to say, oh, don't go there. Move this way. He will show us how to maneuver. Then the next gate is the east gate. That gate um, looks towards the east and is shut. And no one shall enter it until the son of God returns. This is the time right now. Right, right, right now is the time when we need to get our souls right. We need to get our minds right. We need to get our mind, body, and soul and spirit right. Because we don't want to miss out on anything. And um, this just gives reference to the parable of the ten virgins, the ten bridesmaids. There were um, ten of them. And then five of them were prepared for um for God for Jesus. Their their lamp was filled with oil and then there were another five that um only had the lamp but they didn't have any oil. So they went out looking for oil, but in the interim of them looking for the oil, Jesus came and he took the five that was prepared. And the five that was left behind, they weren't prepared. So how can we stay prepared? We have to be on our game. We have to be on our grind. We have to diligently diligently be working. We have to be diligently dissecting. We have to diligently be unpacking. We have to diligently be recovering. So um, the last gate, which is the inspection gate, and the inspection gate is the final gate. And the inspection gate speaks of the examination of our lives by the Lord. This is where we are We are going to be standing naked as the day we were born. And God is seeing us, seeing us for every good, bad, and indifferent experience that we had. And this is a place where how we handled those experiences. Did we Were we moved by the Holy Spirit or were we moved by our own flesh? How did we move in these situations? Did we do the work to clean up while we were in the valley situations? Or did we could keep going through cycles and stuff like that? So these are um, not um, these gates that I speak of. These gates were um, in uh, Nehemiah's time. Not was it only a physical, but it was spiritual. So we have to be elevated. We have to. God has called us to the highest level, highest, and to be of the highest versions of ourselves. And um, on the day when either when He comes or our body um, leaves and our soul transcends, and our soul, which is eternal, we have to be at a place that we know that it is well with our soul. And um, it's so funny, when um, my mom was in the hospital, one of the one of the um, things that she loved very much, one of the songs that she loved very much was the song, It Is Well With My Soul. And I just want to um, close with this. Um, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like a, a sea billow roll, 
Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious Lord, my sin, not in part, but in whole. And the Lord hastes the day when my faith shall be slight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. And even so, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well. It is well with my soul. Thank you. Peace, love, health, grace, and prosperity. Stay well.